booze hound. What? If you play that song, I'll kill you. All right, man. Yeah. All right. Next one goes out to someone special. You know who you are. Thanks, I don't drink. I gotta know. What made you uh, break edge? When James and I started in on this whole straight edge thing, it was just as a means to get rid of all the bad shit it shows. No skinheads, no fascists, no drug dealers, no drugs. So what changed? The list of rules grew. I hate these college kids. Now it just feels like an exclusive club for bullies. Yeah. And Brad. My name's Maybe. to fight him. If you go down there, they'll kill you. I guess you never got it. And welcome back, everybody, to Skip to the Lou. I am Lacey Lou, as always. And today I brought on uh, <laughs> somebody that doesn't really need an introduction because, you know, this is the sister show of Cut to the Chase, but. Uh, he just had to come on for this one. So, uh, Dan Chase, what's up? Hey, nice to be here. I had to get on this one. This one, this one's going to be fun. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Like, you're a metalhead. You appreciated the film. Um, yeah, 100%. And this might go five hours. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Uh, and <laughs> we have a wonderful guest with us tonight. Um, somebody that is, you know really breaking ground and covering new territory in the indie horror industry. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is director, writer, Jason Zink. What's up, Jason? How goes it, everybody? I can't, you gave a way too nice of an intro for me. What do you mean? <laughs> That's why I started directing all the intros to her. I'm like, why would you mess with that? That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> far, far too kind, far too kind. Oh, no, no, no. I remember uh, we met back at uh, Days of the Dead. What was it, two years ago? Yeah, that sounds about right. And um, 
it was kind of by chance that, you know, I, I write for pophora.com as well. And uh, I covered Brooklyn at Brooklyn Ewing's film, uh, She Was So Pretty. And she asked me if I would like to host a panel. And it was the indie horror panel. And by chance of luck, you were there. Yeah, that was a, that was a good one. I love Brooklyn Ewing, by the way. Same. She's right? the best. Oh, my God. That girl has such an eye. And she's actually going to be on um, another one of my podcasts, uh, Summer Party Massacre. I'm Ooh. having, spoiler alert, everybody, for that show. Um, I'm, I've invited her on to cover um, our, our December episode because nice. we're only a once a month podcast. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're going to feature her film. She was so pretty to be good for goodness sake. Um, and we'll be debating some Christmas films in that episode as well. Ooh, so uh, well, fine. Really you guys can all have your old slumber party. I'm going over with the kegger over here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I absolutely love her. And I'm so honored that uh, she asked me to, you know, host that panel. I don't, it was my birthday weekend. So I think I was a little less than stellar. You have like what, two or three in a day. And yeah, we raged that night before. So, so I was a little bit hungover. I'm not going to lie to <laughs> well i couldn't tell so you did you did just fine I, I, you know it, it made it a lot easier because there was like eight of you so i just like asked one question and some people like to talk longer than others so yeah. it covered the hour pretty well <laughs> with just one question <laughs> uh no i had a lot of fun and you were very informative and um one thing that stuck out to me about you is you know um your honesty in making a film yeah, I, that's, I mean, like, uh, Kevin Smith is kind of one of my heroes and I know a lot yes. of people aren't a, big, aren't a big fan of him, but like, I really just feel like he kind of started this whole journey for me and a lot of independent filmmakers, um, and people younger than me, cause I'm getting up there in age. Like, I don't even think they understand what he started, you know, like right. kind of a re- revolution for independence. Um, but he always talked about, you know, being an includer. Uh, like he has this book called tough shit that I really like. And he talks about including people. Um, so you don't like exclude their good ideas. Um, and he, he's always been just like transparent. And so, so I just think, you know, if I can, if I can help somebody young coming up and hopefully they like, don't make the same mistakes I did, they can maybe be ahead of the curve and and maybe that person's going to make my next favorite film, you know? Absolutely. Well, I got to ask you this, Jason. Um, one of my favorite films, I think it was 2019, actually. Uh, it made my top 10 of the year, which was the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. How did you feel about that? I liked it plenty. It's not it's not my favorite Kevin Smith movie because um, he, he talked, again, like in his book and in some of his Q&As, he's talked about um, once he got to Zack and Mir make a porno, right. he realized that he was kind of like eating his own tail. Like he was just making movies about making movies and he didn't have anything original to say. Uh, and that's what inspired him to make Red State. Right. And I think Red State is like the best thing he's ever made. And I yeah, love it dude, so much. I, I agree. Yeah. So I think he referred it's to so his- rad. It's such- yeah, sorry. No, that's trying to let you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think he referred to it as, um, you know, uh, 
uh, don't go where the puck is going to be, go where it's going, you know, and, and he's always been so good at that, man. And I, I'm so glad that you cited him because me personally too, like huge for me, we went and, and saw that when he took it on the road, uh, we were what? Like, so seven, did I. Right? yes, dude. Yeah, so you got to see the road show tour. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. That's dude. awesome. And he sat in the crowd with everybody and watched it. Yeah. Yeah, which I don't know how he has the guts to do that because I, right. I'm not that guy. Um, I'm the guy that walks around the block drinking a coffee, sweating bullets. Movie <laughs> plays. I'm that guy. Well, and you know, man, it's funny because this kind of relates to what you were just talking about in Chicago as well, dude. When I first saw you talk, um, you know, it something was very evident to me very quickly like oh yeah i totally trust this guy to make a movie 100 percent. and and you know anybody that talks to me i am definitely i lean on the more cynical side in terms of indie horror and i'll tell you exactly why because there's uh, there's so many fucking indie campaigns going on with movies that never get made people taking money it, it for every yeah. For every good one, you see what? I would say about four or five bad ones. And I feel like it completely oversaturates it. So I find it hard to even want to help contribute to, to a lot of these. Because like I said, I, I'll- And that's I'm, not that it gets into horror. It's about no, the campaigning. 100%. So a, a lot of these though, you, you see some of the people behind it. I am not sold. I listened to you talk for about two minutes, bro. I was like, I don't know what this dude made, but I'm sold. And- oh. him, the, the movie itself delivered, by the way, too. But I just want to say that, 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 you know, I think it's, it's very good to brand yourself like Kevin Smith does. And to brand yourself, I think, is a very smart move because people will listen to you. Thank you so very much, man. I, you know, it's really, for me, it's like, I'm actually, I'm really glad that I didn't do a movie at this level when I was like, 10 years younger because while I was the same person I don't think I'd handle it the same way like I just think I was a little bit more um excitable and hostile about things and and now the the older I've I've gotten the more just like I just want everybody to learn and have a good time like I right. it's yep. so I, I was literally just thinking about this uh like two days ago I was like you know what's awesome about my movie is I'm still friends with everybody that we shot with like yeah. that's a it's kind of a dumb thing it's nobody who watches the movie gives a shit about that but like <laughs> to me I'm still texting like all the people in my movie this this weekend we're doing flashback weekend and nice. one of the actors is coming to hang out just because we're friends you know yeah, so right. so I just feel like if you you know just be a nice person like what like what you're saying about um about the campaigns like I'll be honest I don't think I ever want to do a crowdfunding campaign again mm -hmm. um it's just it's just a lot of pressure and right. and you kind of feel you kind of at least I personally I kind of felt like I was having to yell at people every day to remind them go right. contribute and it just <laughs> yeah it it becomes your life it's like another job. It. Right. it does it really does and then once you get to set you're just like stressed like like I you know there are some scammers out there and there are some people that have no business Right. Even starting one of the campaigns. <laughs> yes. But there are probably but there are probably just as many people that start that campaign with the best intentions well, and I they just no don't. Funding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or even they get the funding, but they're just they don't have the ability. Like right. they, they didn't 
they didn't really plan things out or think it through. And they, they just said, I'm going to try this. And then they're like, Oh shit. Now I'm stuck shooting. I've never made a movie. No, What annoys me so much is they were going to do. So they did uh, the Pennywise, um, you know, was it go? It wasn't a GoFundMe, obviously. It was uh, Indiegogo or I can't think of the other brand of fun. Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Kickstarter yeah, okay. and um, they did. Uh, they did. You're so cool, Brewster, as well. And then you get Sleepaway Camp, and that's one of my favorite fucking movies of all time, right? Mm-hmm. And for some reason, this film did not get the funding that it needed. However, you get like these stupid ass films that nobody gives a shit that they're donating to just because they're like, right? Like, I mean, the films aren't even, I get it, you're supporting whoever and you should, but at the same time, like, let's support things that, like, I I don't understand. Like, there's so much following and like Felissa Rose, like, she's she's an icon at, and I think she's even become more of an icon at these conventions that we all attend. It's taken on its own. So I'm very surprised that this film didn't get the funding that it needed. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, yeah, it totally does. I just, the other thing is like, it really takes, it takes somebody who's really paying attention to the marketing, to pushing it out there. And a lot of times people, people just assume that when they build that campaign, like, that that was the work and right, right. that it's that it's gonna because a lot of times like so a, a good example of that would be i love the movie behind the mask the rise of oh. leslie oh Bowman. that's my favorite are you and talking about the comic books will, uh, yes so that's a part of it but they also did a crowdfunding campaign that failed to make a sequel yeah and right. i didn't and i but i didn't know about that until years later i would have right. contributed to that but i had totally. no clue so like timing is key and like, yeah, but I do, I, you know, I, I, it's a double-edged sword because I do a lot of times go like, why the hell are they giving money to that when they should have given it to this? But at the same time, I bet somebody's out there saying the same thing about straight edge pegger. They're like, why'd they oh, support no. this piece of shit? <laughs> I, <laughs> they could have no, supported but, other yeah, but he, here's the thing though. Every, okay, so you're getting into, I guess, uh, would you call it semantics? But or, I'm loving uh, this conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But from person to person, though, obviously, like that standard varies. I got friends that'll watch the biggest pieces of shit that I've ever seen, and and I, I never go out of my way and like say that to the filmmaker or whatever. I just won't say shit at all. But at the same time, they tend yeah. to be the loudest people with the with the shittiest work behind it. Like I've seen trailers. That's true. Like, come on, dude. Like, there's no, there's no actual like law saying like this isn't good. But like, I think anybody <laughs> that would see that and, and think it is good, like, I would question your taste or my taste doesn't in line with yours. Let's just put it that way. And that's why I think that that being behind kind of the scenes, putting your name out there, and that's getting back to you know, kind of putting your your face out there and releasing as much content as possible. It, it gives you insight into the person. And again, like me personally, two seconds, I was like sold. Like, I get it. Like this dude knows what he's talking about. And then like, I, and I understand, like, I'm sure as a filmmaker, you're like, oh, well, fuck pressure. But no, like, I, like you, it's the opposite, you know? Like I, I've seen the work already and I've seen what you can do. So sold, but I think that's a key thing. If I were to give any insight, cause I don't make films, I have no idea. Like I, can't even imagine it looks like the hardest thing ever and i'd probably go insane but like on the other end of it just having fun with this and doing podcasts and stuff like that if i were to 
give any insight, it would be that like, just, just do you. And, and I think the rest will kind of unfold. Yeah. We talk a lot, but we don't do a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's doing though. That's, you you know, Kevin Smith, again, I'll go back to that. Let's do it all night. Let's just pull Kevin Smith. He, he said he said that like you know his priorities have obviously changed but a big thing that he said was he said this really funny thing uh he's like i chose the most expensive medium to express myself sure. i say give, give me 20 million dollars in ben affleck and i go make a movie to express myself and he said he's realized that like he can just you know he could talk a blue streak so he'd rather get out there and just tell stories and like do podcasts and give his friends the opportunity to tell right. their stories as well. So it's a thing that I really wish that I, I could do is just like, uh, like leave filmmaking because it is so difficult, but sadly <laughs> I've still got the bug and I still feel like I haven't done a fraction of what I want to do. Well, so, yeah. And well, you talk about like 20 million. Well, give si- me 20 million and Ben Affleck. And Tw- I'm what do you mean? <laughs> what the fuck? What is it? Uh, but forget about twenty million. You got to give twenty bucks to uh, drunken dudes trying to shut down your production. <laughs> oh, you saw that? Again, great insight. I thought that was hilarious. And the 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 thing about that that was great personally was the line that you said after, and you kind of just alluded to it, where it's like the person that I was ten years ago, dude. I'll bet the person that you were ten years ago would have knocked that dude out. I know I would have. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, I yeah, I used to be very confrontational, I would say. And I still am that way if like like if, if a friend of mine gets right. picked on or made fun of. But but luckily nobody people seem to be getting uh, quieter in their hostility, I guess, nowadays <laughs> uh, for fear of being like filmed or something. But um but yeah, I, nowadays I try to just, you know, keep the peace and and be kind cuz that's what I would like to be treated like. So, yeah. right. Totally. Totally. But yeah. it's, pr- but it's, pr- but it's proof that I'm getting old because, because the 21 year old me would probably punch the 33 year old me in the mouth. Right. Well, I think you get to a stage though, where like, yeah, when you're, when you're in your twenties, like you pretty much don't know anything like you, yeah, you have an idea, sure. but like, come on. You, but then later it gets to like, no. And this is where I'm at right now, where, I strongly believe in who I am now and I know I'm a good person. So when I see people that kind of aren't, I'm like, Hey man, that's fun. Like I have to say something now. And that yeah. tends to be confrontational as well. I'm not trying to like, Hey man, I'm from fucking Boston. Like I'll, I'll <laughs> I'm, I'm a little beyond like throwing fists at this point, but I I've gotten into some, tr- I've gotten into a little bit trouble, you know, going back and forth with people where they're just saying shit where I don't believe it's right. And, and on so many levels. So I hope to ascend to the point where you're at, where I can just take a deep breath and let that shit go. <laughs> I hope you can try, try, try my best. <laughs> yeah, yes. Now, now Jason, um, not only are you a director of this film that we're going to talk about here in just a little bit, but um, I kind of want to get a little bit of backstory from you. Uh, where did your love for horror start? Oh man, that's tough. So like I grew up watching um, like Saturday morning Sven Gulli kind of stuff with my dad and like um, all the Godzilla stuff. We watched like crazy. Um, And my mom was really kind. Like she wasn't really into the movies, but she would just rent me anything that I got excited about. And full disclosure, like I'm a preteen 
uh, or maybe even younger, and I'm looking at like these beautiful girls on the covers of these movies at the video store on VHS tape. <laughs> and, and so like Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3, like those are movies oh. that I watched way, way too young. Um, <laughs> but but uh, some of the ones that like got their hooks in me pretty young were like Killer Clowns from Outer Space and um, Evil Dead 2, those kinds of things. And um, then I found Kevin Smith a little bit later in life. And like the fact that he made a movie or a series of movies with like without famous people at the time, it was really empowering to me. It made me think like, wait, maybe I could do something like this. Right. And and then it, then I started finding like as I started consuming as much history um, and like behind the scenes information as I could. So just, just from finding out like that Sam Raimi made this short film within the woods to then get fundraising to make evil dead. And then they grew to army of darkness like that. That's kind of been my, you know, that's been my, uh, my plan ever since I figured that out. Yeah, dude, I got, I got a very serious question for you because it pertains to both those things, both Clerks and Evil Dead. How do you feel about the new Evil Dead movie and Clerks 3? I mean, literally the like Clerks 3 script, like, are you kidding me? Like, uh, it's the making of Clerks. Like, where do I sign up? Yeah, no, no, no. I'm very excited about that. I actually, I know a lot of people don't like it. I love Clerks too. So I have nothing but like excitement for that dude, actually. Dude, top 10 movies of all time for me personally. Oh, really? That's, yep. that's awesome. I love um, that movie. But but you are talking about the 2013 Fede Alvarez Evil Dead, right? Not something else I don't realize? Um, I, I thought that they were uh, doing another Evil Dead movie with... Um... I believe oh. I'm wrong. I could be wrong about that. That could be that could be right, but that would be news to me. Um, and I actually <laughs> love the the 2013 Evil Dead. Uh, oh, I, th I think it's yeah. I think it's probably the best horror remake there's been. Really? Okay. Right on. I think so. For me. Um, oh man, that is so, that movie is so fucking good. I will say this though. I will. Man, I, I'd probably put it up against Texas Chainsaw. Obviously, Lacey Lou would disagree. What would you put up there? For the best remake? No, uh, I agree with your Texas Chainsaw. I um, agree with Jason as well, though. Like, they're all, uh, they're I, all winners. I, I, yeah. I just didn't like the reboot of... I don't even think it's a reboot. What? Of uh, Evil Dead. Oh, oh, really? Um, I just didn't like the movie. I don't think it's a reboot. I think it's um, like a continuation. Um, in my opinion. Yeah, that that's true. I mean, there's yeah, there's a lot of talk. It's kind of like saying um, the new uh, Halloween, you know, it's really a sequel. So it's right. not a remake. But, yeah, it's weird yeah. how we have to like as horror fans, like there's no other genre. That's why I love horror so much, though. Yeah, is because like we can have these in-depth conversations about like timelines and right. reboots, yeah. uh, consistencies with stories. Uh, you know, continuity. Like, I love it. Right. And no other genre does that. 100%. I mean, 90% uh, uh, of our conversations here are what Scream 5 is going to be about. <laughs> 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 like, literally just trying to figure it out. But yeah, man. And you see, you do seem like a horror, horror fan, obviously, through and through. I will definitely agree with the Evil Dead one. But now it seems like we're at the point where 
even yeah like you said different timelines there are several remakes i mean there's just different versions of storytelling and i think that's important right now because it's basically for me it's acknowledging franchises and it's saying especially specifically with like the new halloween ones we'll give you a run have like a three story have a three movie arc like that's that's great yeah, these franchises will always be rebooted, you know, so I, I personally don't mind it. But what do you think about it kind of evolving to a place where it's where it's at now? Well, I do, uh, you know, as a guy who's trying to tell his own original stories, it can be very disheartening to see all the remakes, reboots, whatever, right. reimagining the sequels. Um, it, it can be frustrating, but at the same time, I'm, I'm a fan first filmmaker second. So like, I love that. I'd be lying if I'd be lying if I said that I don't watch every single sequel remake reboot hey. that gets churned out. <laughs> so, so I'm part of the problem. And I don't think that you can shut, you can't shut the door and just say, because like when, when the remake of evil dead was announced i was like oh god it's probably gonna suck and now it's one of my faves so it's like right you you got you know there's gonna be some bad and there's gonna be some good and there's gonna be some that are incredible so i i think the more they do the better i do think that they should continue to try to seek out young uh motivated talented filmmakers um to give a shot with these things like you know, it's like, I'm so excited to see the new Candyman, for example. Yes, dude. Um, yes. And, and, you know, and just so I think it's great if they keep uh, plucking new, new flesh, I guess. Yeah. Uh, pun intended. If they, if they keep plucking those people to try to redo these properties, I think that's rad. But if they just kind of keep doing it for like money grabs like if you look at what happened to the halloween franchise like i mean dude i i love all those movies but some of them are real garbage so so if if you're doing it just for a dime then it frustrates me and i know it can be a fine line um but yeah as long as they keep giving it i would dude if somebody right now came to me like no matter what i think about remakes if somebody was like hey Jason Zink, we like Straight Edge Kegger. We want you to remake Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Like, why the fuck would I not? Why would I not? Uh, no, no, that actually is a really cool point. Um, I just spoke with uh, Larry Carell, Larry Wade Carell, and, um, or not Carell, Carell, I can't talk right now. <laughs> um, Larry and uh, Zeb Daniel, who did Girl Next. Yep. Um, Zeb Daniel used to be formerly known as Woody Keith who uh, co-wrote Society and Bride of the Reanimator. And, oh, okay. And so uh, Zepp had this idea for this story and he had seen some of Larry's films prior and he was like, if, if this is the dude that I want to bring my vision to life, right. you know? And that's just the coolest mm-hmm. fucking thing in the world to me is that, you know, somebody that's, you know, had this notoriety in the, you know, with such films as Society and Bride of the Reanimator. Those are classic films. People love those. Right. And yeah. to see, you know, Larry do a thing he did, She Rises and Jacob, he was like, all right, this guy can bring my vision to life. Like, that's so cool. So, like, right. I completely get, like, if somebody comes to you and is like, hey, I like what you did. Like, I mean, you're putting yourself out there. You have that opportunity. 100%. Yeah. 
And uh, you know what I do think? Yeah, sorry, good. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Well, I was just going to say what I do think is interesting. I, I'm not, I do not want to like dog on this, but I do think it's interesting every time I see an indie, like a true indie, which sadly independent pretty much means no money. Like that's kind of what it means <laughs> right. nowadays. Yeah. Uh, when they make a, a film and it gets like a tiny bit of success, you know, it just plays the indie circuit or whatever. And then they make sequels to those movies. I think that's really interesting. And I think it's really, it's like a, they should be awarded or like commended for like doing that. But I, that is so not me. Like I, I would, a lot of people have asked about a sequel to straight edge kegger and I'm like, never, I don't want to do that at all. Like (laughs) the, the only thing that I would do in that vein is if somebody said, Hey, we want to make a sequel. I would be like, yeah, pay me for the rights. So I can, I can watch you either like sink or swim. I would, I would love to watch somebody (laughs) make a terrible sequel. Like, that would be the best thing in the world to me. So (laughs) I would do that. But but I think it's crazy when indie filmmakers make sequels to their super indie films. I think it's, I think it's a wild idea, you know, because, because my thinking would be you make another one, a totally different story and hope that that blows up. Because if the first one didn't blow up, it's kind of odd to think, well, then the sequel will, you know? Right. Yeah. Anyway, just, just an observation. Has nothing and to do with anything. Speaking <laughs> of a uh, in in indie um, uh, sequel to an indie movie, Evil Dead sequel, Evil Dead Rise comes to HBO Max with Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell producing. Okay, all right. So, and well, it takes, I think it takes place after the Army of Darkness too. It's you know so interesting, definitely. And and you know these these things are fun to talk about, but really at the end of the day, man, I think that as a viewer. Um, I definitely want to see original shit as well. I think there's room for everybody. I think there's a market and, and I really do think there's a place for everything. But in terms of like, you know, coming coming up with something fresh and original, it, when you wrote the script, was it was it difficult? What was the most difficult part of writing a script? Did you have originality in mind or were you just doing you? Yeah, well, so so Red State again, Kevin Smith, like that was a big influence on me. So at, at its most basic level, I was like, what are my two favorite things? Punk rock, horror. Uh, how do I combine those two two things in a way that I haven't seen yet? And sadly, as those thoughts were like popping up in my head, because I was really thinking, let's make it about neo-Nazis. And then Green Room came out and I was like, oh, shit. Uh. Well, I, yeah. So then I was like, all right, back to the drawing board. Can I do something else still? And as soon as I I might've been just listening to minor threat or something, I don't remember what hit me, but as soon as I thought of straight edge, I was like, no one's done that. And no one's probably going to think to do it anytime soon. Uh, And so that's really what got the ball rolling. But, but yes, as I wrote um, it was, I kept trying to do what Kevin Smith said, which was if I can see where it's going, then that means the audience can too. So I tried to, I tried to throw some wrenches in and I think some of it is very successful and I think some not so successful, you know, the, the, the script is also very different than the execution because you know, you lack time and money and, and things change. Right. Now, Jason, you know, um, ever since you sent me the screen to it, I've been a pretty big advocate for, you know, straight edge Kager. Um, Thank you. 
I posted, I remember like, so when I, when I make articles or I do podcasts, cause everything's about self-promotion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like I will post anything that I feel is deemed worthy, necessary in the world um into all of these horror groups that i'm a part of like i don't care kick me out for a shameless promotion I, who's gonna I don't kick care. you out I, I, i've been kicked nobody. out nobody no i've been kicked out of let's kick out the hot chicks all right <laughs> and in my time of writing for pop horror i've been kicked out of three groups for uh promoting <laughs> and i'm sorry okay I'm just, I'm just trying to bring awareness to really cool shit right and if you want to hear me talk about it even cooler right uh, <laughs> exactly <laughs> but I specifically uh, remember posting, um, so I did a review on Pop Horror of the film, and I did an interview with you as well. Mm. Um, Was it almost two years ago now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And thank you for both of those, by the way. Yeah. Um, But the thing is, so I posted the review, right? And then we did the interview, like, I think it was like a couple months later. Sorry. That's that's not dog. Um, yeah, so I did the, re- the interview a couple months later after I published the article, you know, um, cause that's how we do things over here. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, uh, posted the review that I did of Straight Edge Caker in this specific horror group. I think it was called, uh, God, what was it? Horror and Dark Cinema. Okay. And for some reason like all right so we haven't even talked in a while jason um but this happened like a year and a half ago that i posted it right and they were like oh i'm super interested in looking into this like i'm going to put it on my radar and then a few people came back and they're like oh i really dug that and then um but i don't understand why um they were like, I don't understand why, um, you know, you have to make a movie about straight edgers. And I was like, well, here, I actually did an interview with him as well. And I posted the link to that as well. And they were like, wow, that, that's so much more informative. And that makes me appreciate the movie even more. And okay. So I was wondering where this was going. If I was about to get like a death threat or something that I didn't oh, know no, about. No, 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 <laughs> but, but, but I mean, it does, it, it does bring up a good point though, because um you know when you hear the title straight edge kegger right uh like how can you be straight edge and be at a kegger um yeah i i i really like bold titles and i like um i like contradictions like i think it's maybe because i grew up listening to modest mouse and like all their stuff was opposites like the moon and antarctica and um (laughs) good music for people what is it? Good news for people who love bad news, like that kind of stuff. So, so my idea behind the title, and I probably should have renamed it at some point. No, but... no, no. I, I disagree completely. You want to know why? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So it's like a double entendre, right? Yes. Um, because there are people that you would go to kegs with in high school, but they'd be at a kegger, but they didn't drink. And you're just like, the mm-hmm. drunk people are always looking at them like, you're lame as fuck. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And then you have the other people that are like, ah, oh, you're drinking too much. And I, I mean, the, the cool thing about your movie, it's like the best of the worlds collide. And the fact that it's the straight edgers that are taking up the drunk people, like, it's just amazing. <laughs> it really yeah. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've, you know, cause I've had a couple like, um, 
like, uh, I don't know how to know how to say it. Like I've had some passionate conversations with some straight edgers, I guess. Um, not no hostility, just sort of like them debating the purpose behind it and how I feel truly about the community and stuff like that. And a lot of times I say, I'm like, you know, I, I could easily make the same movie, but flip it around. So you're seeing the, uh, the drunks who are like, impeding on their well-being and their happy existence like you show them at shows being obnoxious and like bumping into people and spilling their beer on them or like in you know negatively influencing a teenager or whatever that thing would be um you could easily flip the script and do the opposite and make just as compelling a movie i think so to me it was like i always try to remind people it's not a documentary man like it's 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 a horror movie that I made with a bunch of my friends. Yeah, exactly. Like somebody had to be the bad guy. I think it was easier to make it these hardline straight edgers. No, I, I love it. the flip of the switch there because you could have easily did it as all like, oh, these drunks banded together and want to you know kill people that don't want to party with them, right? Yeah, I've, I've joked that I was going to make straight edge straight edge kegger two Sean's revenge, and it's <laughs> Sean killing a bunch of straight edgers <laughs> but well. he's just but he's just stumbling around <laughs> drunk the whole time <laughs> so where did this actual premise come from derive from specifically like was there a moment in time like were you at a party and you're like this person no i well no i mean it really again like it came from that framing of like horror and punk like and, and the idea that, cause I live in the house that we shot the majority of the movie at. So I kept asking myself like, what can we realistically shoot in this house? Like, how can I use my resources to make a movie that seems more expensive than what we actually have? That, that was the idea. Um, and then, like I said, this, once I thought of straight edge, it just kind of happened. But, but if I really like went back to like, you know, God, years and years ago, I mean, I've got a lot of friends who have like slowly broken edge and started drinking or whatever or smoking cigarettes or whatever they do. And I've watched people go through that like anxiety. I used to have people call me straight edge all the time, even though I never like considered myself edge. I was just sober for years. So like there's been a lot of this kind of like, you know, bouncing around in my skull for years. Um, And that's why I think when as soon as I thought of straight edge, I, it snapped. I was just like, this is what I know a lot about. And I can write about those anxieties and like the inner conflict that Brad is going through, you know, he doesn't want to leave his group of friends, but he doesn't believe the same things that they do anymore. Like that. So I guess it comes from a lot of personal stuff. Uh Um, even though it's, even though it's really just like, a horror it's a slasher movie <laughs> so, but, yeah but it comes from a lot of like my own my own history with straight edge and straight edge friends no i really love that because i feel like you're gonna fall on either side of the spectrum people that like to drink or people that don't right mm-hmm. and yeah. so like either you're gonna be like brooding for the people that drink right. or you're gonna be like hey fuck those people they're annoying as shit let's kill them all (laughs) yeah yeah i think think it's a really fun premise i really really do well i like it's funny though because if you know it it all depends on the person too but like no matter where you fall on the spectrum though 
obviously this is like the perfect kind of like extreme example like normally it's not going to set you off and like you're going to kill people but but i I don't know it might it might no actually hey it might i'll be honest with you if if i didn't smoke weed i'd kill people stop it (laughs) like i hate to say that and like i'm not like saying that with pride it's just you know to each its own personal preference and stuff like that but I've always looked, I got friends that, that are, I guess, yeah, like you said, like, I don't like, oh, you're straight at, it's like, I don't like, they're just my friends, like, you know. Like, if you want to hang out, you're going to hang out. Absolutely, and we all get along, so, but, uh, but I love how this was kind of the extreme example yes, of the I opposite. <laughs> of well, and that's, that's why, you know, if, if, if people a lot of times ask me, like, are you straight edge? How do you feel about this stuff? And I'm like, honestly, man, like, I'll answer, I'll answer people, but if, you really don't need to look much further than the opening quote right. to kind of understand my opinion on the whole thing that that Ian McKay quote from Minor Threat, where he basically says that his original idea was that people should be allowed to live their lives the way that they want to. Like, right. as long as you're not hurting someone else, then it should be fine. Um, but I but the weird thing is, even though I've never been this person, I have this like love and I get really excited when I think about the hardline straight edgers who are like punching cigarettes out of people's mouths because <laughs> because I, first off I think it's I think it's super badass and just interesting but I also like I've also always had my own conflict with this stuff like I drink alcohol but I don't smoke and I don't want people to smoke so it's like right. I, I've always had my own conflicts with these things and and I, I get it, you know? Right. right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. We have a buddy uh, who is also a fellow podcaster at Brandon Young, you know, um, and he's very um, forthcoming uh, that he's been sober from alcohol for so many years. I think it's 12, I think. And uh, he found religion and all this. So, but he's still a big advocate of horror films, right? So it's kind of one of those things that even though, uh, so taking it from an opposite side of the spectrum of, all right, so now you're religious, but how can you like horror? He's the greatest person ever. Yes, he's he's amazing. (laughs) But but he gets that question all the time is what I'm getting at. Yeah, and he's, that's why he's all ripped. He's sober. He's just like ripped. Like he don't give a fuck. You know, and he was like, yeah, I, I found God, but that doesn't stop me from loving horror films. You know, just because Good. you know you're sober or you know, everybody still lives like in party. that gray like, area, and, and that's what I love about his. That's I was, yeah. I, I was literally just thinking that life is all one big gray area, right. and I think the pe- the people that I have the most conflict with in life are the people that see things black and white. Right. That yes, that a person a person is either good or bad. Whereas I definitely believe that we all are good and bad and, and you should strive to be the best person that you can be and to take care of the people around you. But we all have issues. We all have things that we struggle with, you know, and, and I, and I, and that's a part of what, um, with the hardline straight edgers, that's my conflict. I really like what they were about, but at the same time, it's like, they, they don't, they don't see, especially like James in our movie, he doesn't see that he is getting high, but what he's getting high on is his own self-righteousness. Like yeah. Yeah. He, he can't see himself. 
he he's just looking to other people and saying you're wrong right you're wrong and and just just assuming that that means everything he does is right right and i think that i think that that kind of like really just like that ideology if you buy into something so hard that you can't see anything else around you then that's that's dangerous no matter what that thing is you know right i absolutely agree now, Jason, there's a point in your movie that it's an image that stuck with me when I watched it. Um, like there's been a lot of moments in cinema history that stick with me. Uh, your film specifically, uh, there's a scene to where, um, you know, one of the guys in the mask, he's standing outside and he gives a wave. Oh, yeah. Classic. Oh, yeah. The slow motion wave that James yeah. gives in the yes. street. Yeah. Like, no, that that moment has stuck with me. And oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, like I'll watch The Strangers or, you know, something along those lines. And I, for some reason, I just go back to that moment. I'm like, that moment was way cooler. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's, that's amazing. And you know what, that I gotta tell my buddy Elliot, who shot that he, um, that was a really hard thing to shoot because we shot on a pair of black magic pocket cinema cameras, but like they were the first ones that were, they were just shot in 2k. So, so they didn't have high speed or or slow-mo. And so we had to rent this ultra fast high speed camera just to get the slow-mo shots. No. And, And Oh my God. So, so him waving that simple shot, there are lights like surrounding him, just blasting him in the face with light to get that shot. And it was such a pain in the ass for the simplest thing. So I, I will tell him that at least someone appreciates it. Uh, no, I, I'm telling you, like, um, I haven't watched, I've watched the film twice um, and I haven't watched it. I watched it the second time last year. So it's been over a year, but that, yeah. that, that moment has stuck with me. Can um, I say my favorite part? I, I just, I, I appreciate you watching it more than once. Thank you. <laughs> that's a, that's yeah, a compliment. Right? <laughs> um, dude, my favorite moment, it actually has to do with exactly what you just said as well, because there's many few times, I think, when I watch movies where I'm just like, <laughs> that sounds a little stupid, but that's how I see my me and my friends walking down the street. <laughs> and you did and you did it in the most slow-mo epic way. And, and I love though how you added some flavor to it. You added some flair. You know, the cinematography in this movie is fantastic. I'm always like I'm a geek for that shit and I love it. And there are many shots that I was like, oh word. Like another thing, like I, I knew just by listening to you again, soul, boom, right there. And then when I saw stuff like that, I was like, I fucking knew it. <laughs> I was like, I knew it. This guy's got it. Like, we're on the same exact wavelength. I know, like, there, there's a certain quality control. And, like, to me, right out of the gate, this movie just hits all the marks. And then I see a, a, a metal a mosh pit uh, punk show, and I'm like, give me more, please. Well, uh, one of the things in my review that I did when I first seen the film was I said... I, and I don't think anybody likes to be compared to anybody else, but I, I took it as a compliment when I was saying it because Larry Clark is, you know, he did yeah. Bully and Kids, you know. Kids. And no, and when I said that, I meant it as a compliment and I hope you didn't take offense to it um, by any No, I, 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 no, 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 I take it as a compliment. I, <laughs> okay. for years, I, 
He seems really well, mad. Well, you know, like you just never know how things that you write or what you say. Right. You know, yeah. It's easier to convey on a podcast as opposed to writing. I that's why I don't write. As opposed to writing. And I can't spell either, but that's yeah. why I don't write. <laughs> but no, when when I was watching some of these takes, I was yeah. like. This guy could be the next Larry. It's Park. good. It's so good. It's so it's got it's got some flair. Like, it's got you, some flavor you, you, to it. The, like, the thing I that it. I love is that he has grit. Yes. Grit is the word. Like I love Rob Zombie. I don't know if you do, Jason. Um, but that's I, I have. I, what did you say that I have? I'm sorry. You have grit. You have grit. Grit, grit. Okay, well, I appreciate that. I thought you kept saying I have brick, and I'm like, I don't know what that means. But, uh, <laughs> no, 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 grit. Um, which it's uh, grit. All right, so I'll give my definition of grit. He no, I think he knows what grit is. I think he was confused when we said his shit was brick. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah. yo, that shit is brick. It's a new slang term the kids are using. Oh, it's the millennials. It's a sequel to the uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie. Sorry. No, but I, I I really do appreciate that. That's that's a very kind word to attribute to it. Um, uh, yeah, I grew up on a lot of those movies. Like a movie, it's probably hard for me to watch nowadays. But a movie that I really loved when I was younger was Gummo. Oh um, my god! Oh, were the kids eating the spaghetti in the bathtub? Yeah, dude. yeah I mean, it just the, the movie's just the so. It's just so like grimy and like yeah. just makes you feel like just kind of like you need to take a bath. Well, <laughs> I guess maybe not a bath after that movie because because <laughs> of the scene in the bathtub. But Dan, have you seen? But that yeah, all? you do. Yes, yes it's see. like you need to cleanse yourself. And so, but but so obviously, I didn't try to do that with Straight Edge Kegger. But the aesthetic and and loving like film grain and imperfections, you know, that's that's huge for me. Like I. Even so, I've like I said, we shot that movie on like really cheap cameras, and now I've upgraded. But even with my new my new camera, I'm buying nothing but vintage Canon FD lenses to yes. try to give yes. that like filmic quality and that vintage look. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, man, I love great. that. Um, God, uh, Jonah Hill did what was it, Kid Ninety or no? I, I don't think the mid nineties. Mid nineties, yeah. Um, he. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah, like he had the right aesthetic of the, and that's another Larry Clark film. I feel like, oh, I mean, it's not a Larry Clark but, film, but aesthetic. But see, that's the thing. Okay, I I don't know what your budget was for this movie, but I think as a filmmaker, if you pay attention to the details, because they said the devil's in the details, right? If you pay attention to all the stuff that I I personally, like as a viewer, I deem cinematography very important. Can you do everything that you wanted to do? I'm sure you wanted mad crane shots that you couldn't get, but no, like it at no point did I ever even think of that? You know, it's got that kind of, like you said, that gritty feel, but at the same time, the slow motion shots accompanied most importantly with the music. And that's probably the, the biggest key here. It just gives yeah. you a feel. And for me personally, as a viewer, that's this kind of stuff that I gravitate towards. It's certain moments in film or whatever, where it could have one moment and I'm just like, I fucking love it. Like the, the rest of it can be shit. That's not the case in this, <laughs> this instance, but it, there are certain moments that are so elevated that, that are, are so great. Uh, season finale of the Mandalorian stuff like that, that made the rest of it so Did much better. Did you really just echo? I didn't. 
He did. He even put his like. I did not. I didn't do it. No. No, Jason, there's a question that I really want There was to ask. kind of a question in there, but I was just, I was more of just complimenting. It was more because, no, this is why. Thank I'm you. Like, I really appreciate I really appreciate all that. I mean, it's, you guys are too kind. Like, it's, you know, I, there is stuff that I'm very proud of with this film, but, at, you know, art is never finished. It's abandoned kind of thing. Right. And, and there's so much more I wanted to do and I wish I could do. Yeah. I like to I like to tell people or try to remind people anyway, like because a lot of times, you know, they'll see an indie and they'll compare it to something big budget without really thinking about it. And I get right. it like right. we all made some form of content to be consumed. I get that. But I try to remind people that like this isn't the best thing I could ever make. It's just the best thing I could make at that time. Oh, no. Like, yep. yep. Yeah. Like this, that's what I had and that's what we made. And now I want to make something else, you know? Dude, and, and everybody is on board and that's the thing, man. I, I don't know. I think if anything, you've achieved um, interest because I see it and anybody that talks to me, I'm that asshole. Like I am not an indie guy and, and I'm just not yeah, like- Yeah, he is that asshole. He was like, Lacey Liu is the better person No, but dude, I. here's the thing. I don't, I don't like all, obviously doing the interviews. Like I think they're interesting, but if I don't really love something or I'm not really interested in it, I don't really want to talk about it because what's that old thing? Like if you don't have anything nice to say, so I don't, but when yeah, it's that yeah, yeah. instance, that's why you were like, oh, Jason's, I was like, I'm doing that one. You're yeah. like, but this is for school. Oh. I'm like, I'm coming on. Yeah. This is not enough. I, I really, I, that, that's a compliment in and of itself. I appreciate that. But yeah, I, I get it. It would be tough. I feel bad for some of these podcasters who are, especially who are like, they're up there, you know, and they have like these really big sponsors. I guarantee quite a few of them are meeting with people that they're like, I don't want to talk about this movie. I don't want to ask them any questions. So uh, I appreciate that. Well, I mean, like, I am not like a high level podcaster. Um, you know, this is a show that is just getting off the ground uh, coming off of our. You'll get there. You'll yeah. get there. <laughs> um, I did just get press credentials for Fantasia. Yeah, see, it's um, that ground, uh, uh, it's uh, that ground level shit. Though. Uh, on ground, my own, yeah. um, you know, I've always covered it for pop horror. And, you know, I just started Skip to the Loo like two months ago. Right. So to already be getting press credentials. For That's rad. That's let, awesome. let me give them the numbers. Okay, so um, my name is Dan Chase. That's where I got the name cut to the chase. Now, in the first two, three years, maybe? It was like two, two and a half years, I got out uh, nine episodes of my, at that time, kind well, of like Well, you came off cast. of a huge podcast of Telgen Crew, though. Well, yeah, that one was big for sure. I did, I wanted to do a sidecast where I could kind of, you know, express my love for things that, you know. Weren't just horror. Not necessarily horror, just, you know, we okay. did the Back to the Future movies, everything that I love, right? But once mm -hmm. I met Lacey Wu, we are at episode what now? <laughs> Not, not, <laughs> not even counting the sidecast. What episode are we at, baby? Uh, Cause the chase will be at eighty three. Eighty three in in what two years? <laughs> yeah, three. Like this is ridiculous. Like, and, and she's killing it. But I don't know, man. For for people like us, you're an inspiration because I think we're all kind of cut from the same cloth in terms of like got to get your stuff out there. Just, you know, try the best you can within the circumstances that you're given. And, and, and I don't know, like, as far as being on the other side of it, it's movies like, 
that mm-hmm. guy on the bike feels the same way. Yeah. Uh, it, as far as like being on this side of it, it, it is inspiring because I'll be the first guy to put it down, but I love it. It's, it's like, you're the shining beacon. Like, thank God we got people who know what the fuck they're doing. Excuse my language, but for uh, me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate that. I, I have, I have an older brother and his quality control is like insane. Um, he does uh, all the UFC shooting for uh, his best friend, Joe Lozon. Um, he okay. used to be a fighter. He does all that stuff for, for Fox. And he's also done videos for like Slane, a bunch of um, a bunch of metal bands as well. And well, that was that. This is leading into my next question, Dan. OK, yeah, go for it. Uh, because. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go for it. No, no, no. I go back for cutting you off. I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say. I never understood. Oh, by the way, he used to work for Limp Bizkit, who we're going to see Monday. Limp Bizkit. Sorry. He just had to do his. Had to. Do you like Limp Bizkit, Jason? Uh, I grew up on Limp Bizkit. Yes. Uh, Yes. we still we still will every once in a while put it on and scream it way too loud when we've had a few too (laughs) many drinks. but I'm but I'm not like an actual full time Limp Bizkit fan. <laughs> okay, and there's no shame in that. It was there was a little <laughs> shame in, in probably saying that you were. But no, there's always been a there's always been a quality control that I was like, wow. I was like, I know for a fact that he didn't make this for a lot of money, but you can barely tell, and and that kind of. Um, that kind of quality control in my eyes, that's always been like, you know, the standard. And again, I know I'm just sitting here, you know, kind of complimenting your movie, but it falls in line with that kind As of you stuff. Should. It's doing, awesome all, movie. doing all the right things that you should do that. I feel like often in indie movies, like we take for granted, like why, why are we watching this movie? That's not even like in focus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. No. And it, yeah, we, you know, I probably take way too much care of continuity. Like, I, there are a lot of things that on set I get fixated on and everyone else around me is like, what are you talking about? No one's going to notice that. And I'm like, no, 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 we got to redo it. You got to, you got to move that VHS tape in the background because somebody's going to see it. Like, I get, I get way too anal about that stuff. And like, uh, there are even, there are things in the movie that when people watch it, I think they miss and, but the funny thing is that we only put the shot in because it was to clarify what happened. So, oh. so, so, <laughs> so you're giving exposition. So, so, Deep. So, well, so, so an example of this is near the end of the movie um, when it's kind of like the aftermath, you're just getting like the morning after shots. Yeah. And we, we, we glide past um, that uh, arrow that's in the couch and yes. the entire point, that the point to that shot was that my character never shot anyone that he faked it by shooting the couch next to her. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm spoiling everything, but whatever. Oh, we haven't even talked about uh, who actually are in this film as well. Which I don't want to be. So let's please. Forget. <laughs> but, uh, Cause I, yeah, I, I am in the movie because it made it easier to cut scenes and shoot them later in pickups that's the only reason i'm in it i i do not want to be in front of the camera i don't mind a tiny little alfred hitchcock cameo or whatever that's fine but i really don't want to act i i'm only acting in it like i said oh, out no of, like, no you have to be in every film mean? that you direct like wes craven's cameos oh. like mean the world to me how about quentin tarantino's in little nicky 
Wow. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's the crazy. He's the he's the street the street preacher. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. I, I haven't thought about dude. I haven't thought about that movie in years. Like, of of all the things I thought I would talk about on this podcast, <laughs> Little Nikki was not on the list. <laughs> Papa's fucking is the shiznit. And I'm sleeping. Oh or am I? Like, no, sorry. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. No, but I seriously love like when a director like inserts himself in his film. Like it's a labor of love. I really believe that. Oh, absolutely. You know, you get you give me the same vibes from my friend uh, uh, Tommy Avalone. He's made some great um, documentaries. He made uh, I Am Santa Claus. He followed around a bunch of Santa Clauses in a documentary, followed them around what they do. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, dude, it was on Netflix. He, he did a Ghostbusters documentary as well. He went. He tells a story where he, he went to Kevin Smith's house, dude. He passed Penny Marshall on the way out. Like, ridiculous stuff. And just one wow. of the same guys, like I said, cut from the... You you really remind me of him because just a, a real go-getter. And, and from my personal perspective, somebody that really is dialed into the things that matter uh, to me anyways. Yeah. And it's like that, that to me is everything. So you want to talk about like making another movie and like crowdfunding or whatever, keep doing what you're doing. Keep putting yourself out there because if anybody is, you know, has even remotely the same taste as I do and they see that sign me up, I guarantee they will honor those words. I guarantee it, dude. And um, you know, Jason, before we get back into like the official things that we were talking about I, I i do just want to note that um <laughs> i think you are so talented for sure and um i know you know following you on facebook and social media um there is self-doubt sometimes and i don't think that you need that at all um i think that you are amazing and uh just keep going yeah keep going thank, thank you so thank you so much it is it's I try not to, um, you know, I, I try not to put all the self-doubt out there, but people know, my friends and family know that I wear my heart on my sleeve. It's pretty easy to tell if I'm upset about something. Uh, I try to be a pretty fun and happy-go-lucky guy, but I do stress a lot. And um, a big part of it is because, like, I've been doing this long enough that it, it really has become such a huge part of my identity. And I'm uh, now... I'm now I'm now reaching a point where, um, because I put a lot of money on my credit cards and I donated blood plasma for two and a half years to help pay down the debt. Look at stuff like, yeah, like, but but I'm, I'm hitting a point where I'm like, well, I can't keep doing that to myself. Like my dad always, he's kind of joking, but he always says that he's worried I'm going to have like a heart attack before I'm, you know, 40 or whatever. Yeah, don't do that. And I've started. Yeah, no, no, no. So, so I've just, I've been thinking a lot about it the last, you know, couple of years. And I, I want to keep making movies for the rest of my life. Like that's my goal. And that's, I have not given up yet, but I am getting more comfortable with the, like, well, if I can't do another one, then I can't do another one. Like I, uh, like I've no, done. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no we don't get, accept that. No, hold on. So, but my point is not I'm giving up, I'm throwing in the towel. I promise that's not it. But my but my point is I'm more comfortable now than I ever have been mm. that that I I fucking put it out there, man. Like I I shot this film with nothing. I traveled around the country. We got it 
on shutter i've done like foreign sales like we've done all these things that we i've done all these podcasts like this is wonderful i love having conversations about film shit like thank you just for having me um i love this thank you right but but i really like I've done what I can. And if I hit a wall, then I hit a wall. Like, and I think I'll always find a way to, you know, right now I'm shooting a short film that just kind of like popped in my head. And I thought that'll be a fun, you know, instead of all the stress that comes with shooting a feature, let's do this for no money on a handful of weekends. And I think it's probably the coolest thing I've ever done. Um, so, so, so I, so I'm also kind of trying to teach myself like how to, uh, how to keep, how to get back to having fun with it and not focus so much on, Oh, I got to make the next feature. And maybe then, you know, then I'm going to blow up and I can be a full-time filmmaker and not have a day job. I'm trying to get back to the days when it was just a bunch of my pals shooting stupid jackass ripoffs. Like not that that's what we're shooting, (laughs) but, but just that idea of just like have fun with it. You know, you only got one life to live. So so anyway, I'm getting way too introspective well, here. I'm well, not, Jason, I, know. Jason <laughs> I don't know if what I say has any weight, period. You it know, does. I, I it just, does. It does. Thank you. I just give my opinions and that's what it is. Uh, there have been three independent filmmakers that I feel truly just based off of the qualities of their films um, have, you know, what it takes to go further. Yeah. And those three filmmakers are Vincent uh, DeSanti, Brooklyn Ewing, and Jason Zink. Hey, he's hey, that's his name. So, thank you. um, (laughs) And I and I love and I I love both of those other two. So that's that's pretty awesome. (laughs) uh, No, and I don't say that. Um, you know, a lot of people ask me, um, you know, writing for Papoor and doing the interviews that I do, um. There was a point in time where I would get a lot of screeners um, because I promoted a lot of indie horror, right? And mm-hmm. and that opened a floodgate into getting a lot of indie horror screeners. And I'm just like, I, I'm sorry, I just can't put my name behind these. Hey, we just uh, did a 30 second clip in my backyard. Can you review it? Like basically, yeah. Like I yeah. mean, I mean, and like um, I wore what? myself very, very, very thin because, um, I I did an interview or not an interview, but I did a review on a, a screener that I got, and I was like, this is like uh, a middle aged woman going through a crisis that just inserted an ice cream man killer just so they could put it in the horror genre. No, like for like five minutes no he wasn't in it at all oh like it was a terrible movie <laughs> and uh wait is it wait is that wait is that ice cream truck yes oh man. okay yes. okay Where's i was this? i was wondering i'm like wait what are you talking about right now but, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's and, and uh this is what made me stop actually writing for pop horror for a long time <laughs> aside from my wrist issues um but like because i was going like full speed ahead and like everybody was like here review my screener review my screener you know and i have to give my honest opinion otherwise yeah. like, what's the point otherwise otherwise what's your opinion worth like yeah, yeah it means right. nothing and Everybody, uh, like in the podcasting community, which is a completely different community as opposed to, you know, writing for a website. Yeah. And uh, this chick took to heart what I said, and she was like, 
uh, well, why would you even post this review if it was terrible? And I was just like, Jesus fucking Christ. It's tough. All right, though, like, I don't yeah. want to offend people. I don't want to write about things that like I don't care about or that I'm not passionate about. Right. It's tough. Like, you, know, you know what's really funny? I well, I feel bad for you in that situation. And I always I always tell filmmakers to try to um, you know, raise their chin and and just again be nice like and let people do their thing like and and there's no point in fighting people but anyway what i was thinking about was one of the worst reviews that we that i've ever gotten i think um i i i reached out to the guy just to thank him for watching and i said hey man like sorry you didn't love the movie but i hope you give the next one a shot take care and uh and he never responded and it's so so it it can go both ways for sure, but I I can't believe that a film I can I guess, but it's disheartening to hear that a filmmaker, you know, reached out to you to basically say you're wrong right. about your opinion. Like that, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why people fight reviewers. I get not wanting to take part. You know, right. like I I yeah. have this I have this habit where I have my girlfriend read a review before me, and I just tell her if they shit on it, I don't think I want to list. I don't think I want to read it right now. Like right. that kind right, of thing. That's smart. That's what, dude, that's where I'm yeah. at. Like, I, if I hate something, like, I I will hate on it for all by myself. I don't need, yeah. I don't need to anybody else to amp me up. Like, I never thought I would get reviews yeah. on my review. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, yeah, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though, Jason. Now, granted, you could attribute this to several other things, but let's just face it. What happened was that you're a nice dude. You hit him up. You thanked him. And he was probably a fucking dickhead. And that's why he didn't respond. And again, you know, people that make art, um, they've been some of the coolest, nicest people that I also feel like, oh, man, like, you know, that person's really cool. Like I could uh, if we were friends in real life, we, how, how much fun would we have? And right. like I think about that, about so many people that are creative and they're they're 99% of the times really good people unfortunately on this side that's that's why i kind of i acknowledge the fact that listen i'm just an asshole like i just i love talking about movies you love talking i love talking period but i love talking about do you like movies uh but it's it's one of those things where yeah now i literally only want to talk about things that i love because like you said what's the point there is no point and and but there there, and i don't want to be a hack critic and there's no reason for you mm-hmm. to even reach out to that guy technically. But guess what? Hey, in reality, you're a nice dude. Well, obviously, we can tell that. So so there it is right there. Like, I just got and, my- and, <laughs> and you, you know what? I, I go back to Kevin Smith again. So hopefully one day Kevin Smith hears all this shit and he's like, I need to hit that guy up. That guy has talked me up. To Actually, everybody. Jason, um, ready, Kevin? And three, two. No, I'm just kidding. Sorry, he's not. Here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Kevin Smith said in his book that after the first or second screening of um, of Clerks, he did the Q&A. And as he was walking out of the theater, he was behind two guys. And guy one said to guy two something. To you, he said, like, what do you think of the movie? And guy two said, well, I thought the movie sucked, but the fat guy was funny. 
And, and Kevin made the point. He's like, so maybe I reached that guy, maybe a movie that I make in the future, that guy will be willing to willing to check out. And I'm, and I promise I'm not doing it as like a, you know, self-interest. Well, maybe I'll keep this viewer. Like, it's not like that, but I do, but I, but I do think I do kind of want people to understand, like I'm an indie filmmaker who, I just want to keep making movies like, and, and I hope I grow and I, and I do listen to the bad feedback. What I, what I don't like is feedback that's not constructive. Like if I see somebody just say, I hate punk music, this movie sucks. Well then what, nobody gives a shit about your opinion. Like those people I don't have. Yeah. Those people I don't have any tolerance for because you're not even critiquing the film. You're saying your preference and then saying it sucks because it's not your preference. Right. And that's that, that, that's that kind of black and white thinking that I'm like, I'm good on that. Okay. We, we wouldn't probably agree much, you know? Yeah, exactly. That, that I find that a lot too. And, but my, like, I get caught up in like, all right, well, how can I bridge the gap and, and make this person um, think logically. But then I realized that I'm just kind of treading water because that'll never happen. Uh, for me personally, I kind of like knowing though where people stand because automatically, like you're you're in this category over here. <laughs> you're at this table in the one. Like, okay, at least I know exactly where you're Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It's very, Dude, it, it, yeah. It's very much, it's very much like in Inglorious Bastards where they carve the swastikas in yeah. their foreheads because they're like, I want to, I want to know who the Nazis are, right. you know, like yes. wear it, wear it loud and proud. So I know who to avoid. You By know? the way, uh, Colonel's Hans Landa goes to Martha's Vineyard. Shout out to that. Cause that's where I grew up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Udovich, I love this him. could be my masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do actually uh, want to get back into straight edge care just a little bit. Let's do it. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, we're getting we're getting derailed a little bit. <laughs> uh, one of the things that uh, is a major component to the film is the music. You know, yeah. um, it starts off with um, God. All right, so take me into that opening sequence, Jason. Yeah, so that that's where the whole movie. Like not where it all started, but when I was um, thinking about making the movie, I knew that that's how I wanted it to begin with like an authentic punk show. And so if I wouldn't have been able to get the band Ugly Bones on board, which like those guys are now old friends of mine, I could tell a million stories about those guys. Um, <laughs> but without without them being willing to do this, we wouldn't have probably made the movie because I just would have been like, well, well, what I mean, like what else would be that epic opening to get people on board what would be the punk show and so um how we accomplished it though first off we had those guys on board because they are lovely human beings um and actually i want to give a specific plug they are releasing their new album um called erasure august 5th and i actually just shot a music video for that um and they're going to release that in the coming weeks too yeah i'm very excited about it um, I think those guys, by, by my way of thinking, they don't get enough credit. Um, I think they're amazing. So everyone, please go listen to their stuff on Spotify, please. Um, so what anyway. punk music actually like inspired you? Oh, I mean, like not related to the movie, but just like the stuff I grew yeah. up on. Yeah, let's hear that. Oh, uh, so misfits was probably like the first band that i just became obsessed with misfits? 
Yeah, the Misfits, uh, like the Glenn Danzig Misfits back in the day. Um, so the Misfits were big, and then I found the Ramones, and I was pretty obsessed with the Ramones for quite a while. And then uh, I started kind of going down the rabbit hole. Like, I would just try to find weirder and weirder and harder and harder stuff. So things What's like, the hardest you know, thing you've ever listened to? Uh-oh. Uh, well, that's, oh, that's a hard question. It depends on, no, 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 but, but it depends. It depends on if we're talking like grindcore or thrash kind of stuff, or if we're talking hardcore, my, like the, the hardcore band for me that I don't think you can beat their first few records is ceremony. Um, I think, I think ceremony violence, violence is like, it's just such an angry it's just such a hostile feeling uh i love those records so you know that's up there oh absolutely absolutely you know often if if you're specified like i get really lost when it comes to labeling like heavy music and stuff like that when i think of like some of the heaviest shit i've heard man when i heard uh devin townsend come out with that one album that black album that was like ridiculously ruthless to me i know it's not necessarily the same type of music um you yeah you know what i mean like it's just i, I don't know but like, yeah yeah it's it's obviously different but um you know it's funny man one of the first bands it's so weird to talk about it now but back in 95 when i was a little young child i went and uh I went to the first Warped Tour and saw Green Day. That was big for me. That was oh, yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. I, I, I saw Green Day. Oh, my gosh. So I would have been, man, like 11 or 12 years old um, oh, in Milwaukee at this place called The Rave. And it was it was one of the most fun shows I've ever seen in my life. Like, granted, I was a kid, yes. but everything seemed just larger than life. And as we showed up to the show, there were these kids, these teenagers running around with signs saying like free punk radio. And they had stolen like the airwaves with their, you know, shortwave radios and were just playing punk music. So, so the, on the way into the city, we didn't know that. And we're flipping through channels on the FM and we found really good music that we never hear. And then on the way out, we listened to it all the way until it like faded to the point where you couldn't hear it anymore. And that, that, that memory has like stuck with me. It's oh. it's a highlight of my my childhood for sure. Yeah. Well, Jason Zink, I am one of those basic bitches that until I joined <laughs> Facebook um, in 2007, and then I joined a horror group in I think 2013 is when I really found my niche of people. But prior to that, I thought that uh, Halloween was the ultimate indie horror film, right? Okay. Um, Technically, it is still kind of. Yeah, I, I feel like that. It's well, the first. I guess that's kind of true. Yeah, yeah right. In a <laughs> way. Know, yeah. Um, and then aside from that, I feel like Jinko was like the skater brand. Jinko. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I was just talking about this. Hey, did you ever have soap sneakers as a kid? I used to have soaps with the grind. No. Bottom. I'm I'm so I'm so jealous that I never did. Uh, but I had a lot of friends that did, and every once in a while, I'd I'd pop the shoes on and mess around too. Yes. But did you wear Jinko? I briefly, yes. <laughs> uh, he did, he did, folks. He did. 
folks, you heard it first on that, Skip to the Lou. <laughs> that that probably would have been like God, like fourth or fifth grade that I wore wow. Jinkos. I started. What year did you graduate high school? Two thousand six. Oh, wow. me too. Me too. So we're in the same era. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I was the kid who in my school was uh, going to the thrift store and trying on uh, women's jeans in the middle of the aisle with no dressing room. So, uh, no, no, no. Like when I, when I was in, uh, high school, I started wearing like chick jeans, like, cause, cause the, the yeah. guys skinny jeans, like weren't a thing. At they, the they, time. Right. they didn't exist. <laughs> yeah. But you were edgy before edgy. edgy. I, I think I was, I think I was maybe a little ahead of the curve, but I also just, I also just really liked annoying people and like pushing yes. people's buttons. So, so I'd wear like, red leather pants and like these gaudy (laughs) um i would would wear like really gaudy uh like belts that were like furry and rainbow print just anything to kind of just be like i don't give a shit was definitely my jam for a few years (laughs) (laughs) did you paint your nails black as well no, I never, I never did that one. Actually, <laughs> somebody might have done that in a class when they were bored once, but I didn't regularly do that. Now, I did dye my hair blue my sophomore oh, year. Oh, dude! Yo, I, did I, you have hair to dye blue? Fuck and... you! First of all, second <laughs> of all, fuck, fuck you! Second of all, no, I was the oddest kid because I was like obsessed with Dawson's Creek. We still are. So I would wear a sweater vest, but then I would have my uh, my hair. When you had hair? When I had hair, fuck you, that was dyed like M&M's. So it was like bleach blonde hair mixed with Dawson's Creek. And then such a big fucking corn fan that I used to have like a choke collar. I was an enigma. Oh my God. Nice. Choke collar? I had a choke. Don't. Ever. What do you can we bring that back? Never, ever. Please. Now we're not. Now doing I that. have bedroom fantasies. Now I got a question. <laughs> <laughs> I got a question for you, Jason. Now, uh, obviously, COVID happened. Something. Well, I don't even know too much about it. But COVID happened, and the world shut down. Now, in terms of shows, um, are you excited for any bands coming around? Are you Are you going to any shows? Oh, you, Again? dude. I am so excited for I'm I'm trying to uh, like I'm trying to contain myself a little bit uh, because I don't want to just go blow a bunch of money on shows I don't really care about. Um, So so my my first show back, funny enough, is really going to be the Ugly Bones release show on August 14th. Um, They're going to do a record release and I am so stoked for that. Um, But then some other stuff like my buddy just messaged me uh, about a municipal waste show. Oh. in november the, yeah so that I'm, i'd be excited to go to that but um a lot of sadly a lot of the bands that i'm still like excited to see are just still not performing like i think maybe they're you know scraping the pieces back together right now but yeah oh, i'm dude, i'm so excited to get back to shows are you a fan of slipknot <laughs> i you know i was like that self-titled record is still pretty amazing oh. to me and uh iowa's pretty rad um but i but it's but okay but but it's not a thing that i still listen to right like it's it's not in regular rotation every once in a while i'm you might catch me playing wait and bleed or something like that well i actually just want to take a moment and say r.i.p rest in peace joey jordan yes yes what one of my idols in terms of drumming and i agree that self-titled album i've never heard anything 
that conveyed just straight pure fucking rage more than that album. Like, yeah, you, yeah, you can go heavy, you can go like you can go as hard as you want, but like the way that that motherfucker flowed on that album and the way it sounded was something so unique, and I feel like hasn't hasn't been kind of reproduced since. Yeah, and like, well, when I was that age, you know, I saw them live in 1999, mm-hmm. or maybe it was 2000, but really early on. Right. And um, being a kid that was kind of into horror, but really hadn't like dove deep on it, you know, I was still digging uh, Ernest Scared Stupid and Mary, <laughs> and uh, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen double double. Oh my god! Did you watch their so, slumber party videos too? Baby, don't ask them that. No, I just, I just, no, I really don't just watch. Don't Double lie Double to me. Trouble. Do not lie to me, Jason Z. <laughs> I, look, look, my mom, look, my mom did one time rent me Billboard Dad, but that's it. That's all I'm gonna do. Um, You're but, welcome. Uh, no, but you know, you should thank but, your mother. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I thank her all the time. She's fucking amazing. But, um, but when I went and saw them live at an Ozfest, and oh, yeah. I saw them come out in those jumpsuits with those masks oh. and instantly I was like what am I seeing right. so uh for for several years I thought they were the best band there's ever been and there's good reason for that it's still it's still a part of like my early teen years it's just not stuff I really listen to you know, uh, at I, this point I, and and I uh, I'm getting the wrap it up sign which rightfully so but they're one of my favorite bands I just saw Corey Taylor uh he was on tour doing some of his solo stuff. He's he's by far my favorite vocalist, like of all time. FYI, it wasn't yeah. a rap it in, it was reel it in sign. Reel it in. Oh, the, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wrap it up, I said. Wrap it no, up. No, reel it in. It's too. like the wrap it up button in, on the Chappelle show. Yo, wrap <laughs> it up, B. Uh, no, oh my but- gosh, that's that's so weird. I just went to bed last night with Chappelle's show on, and I haven't watched it in years. But I was like, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna throw this on before I go to bed. So that's funny. <laughs> that is fantastic. No, I wanted to make it a point that it wasn't a uh, wrap it up. It was a reel it in. Like, reel it in. Okay. Back to Straight Edge Kager. For sure. For sure. No, I just I, I was I get excited about shows. Like I know like there's been nothing for so long. But I am noticing a trend of bands coming back, so hopefully, uh, hopefully, you get to hit some good shows soon. Same. Hell yeah, dude! I'm stoked. <laughs> yeah. Back to Straight Edge Kager, guys. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess if we have, <laughs> if we All have fine. to talk about it. <laughs> um, God, now you threw me off. No, I can I can I throw in a question? <laughs> sure. Yo, that pit in the movie was insane. Like, yeah, that's real. Let's talk about the pit because if you've never been in a pit, then you can't you know, like hit pause and then go to a show, get in a pit, and then come back because you will never know what That's it's like. Transfold. Yes. You know what? I I have a, a tiny little thing about that. I um, we threw a free punk show. That's really how we did it, and we had four bands. Ugly Bones was the headliner, and so we filmed. Uh, the crowd for the most part during those first three bands so that we could just film the crowd and then match it up to ugly bones playing and then film mostly ugly bones on stage. And, uh, and I had to get our crew in basically into the pit and on the edges of the pit for um, some of the dialogue stuff, as well as like when Julio or yeah, when Julio climbs on stage, uh, when James climbs on stage and uh, when the mosh pit went crazy it smacked into my crew. It shoved everybody over to the side by like four feet. 
And I instantly thought like, oh man, like everyone's going to be pissed at me and I'm going to look over They're They're going to refuse to work. And instead I looked over and my cinematographer, Chris Purdy, uh, Elliot Abel, uh, Chris's uh, camera operator, um, Gene, they had the biggest shit eating grins on their faces. Yes, and dude, love and it. dude it, I will never forget the looks on their faces. And it just, it really, it, it, it kind of took me, it was so weird. It kind of just like took me out of my body for a second. And I just remember thinking like, God damn it. This is fun. Like, yeah. this is so cool that we get to do this, you know? Um, so yeah, so that it was a real pit and it was a really, really good time. Oh, and lie. you can tell too. And you can like hundred percent. That's a real pit. And, and that scene, you know, it's so great hearing a story like that. And like it starts to fall off with such a bang. Yeah, no, for sure. But but if you like, okay, I've seen some of the craziest fucking heaviest bands and I've been in some pits where I don't go in them anymore. I'm all set. I was caught in a, <laughs> in a Lamb of God wall of death once. That was not fun. Like right in the middle. I'm like, a little, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I love this band. Yeah. They're, and then I'm like, why is everybody... Well, it was literally brave. Hard. Yeah, why, why are you guys, why are you guys separating? What's going on? Right, I was like, what is happening? He and I was just, you and I love it. Yeah, I was just standing in the middle like an <laughs> idiot, and then and then all hell broke loose, dude. The the I've been to some. I will preface it by saying that I've been to some of the heaviest shows I think probably on this planet, but crazily, the heaviest pit that I've ever been in in my entire was life. Was Britney Spears? No, it was not Britney Spears, baby. <laughs> the heaviest pit that I've ever that been in was, was early Stained. Stained's first album. That shit. Really? Oh my God, dude. And like, that's, that's like, if you want to like talk, like that's my Stained, that album, maybe Break the Cycle, Nothing After. And like, that was some of the heaviest shit ever. And like so much was conveyed. And again, you don't think is stained as like a heavy band, but there's a point that I mentioned. There's a reason why I mentioned that rather, which is um, I kind of equate it to your movie because it has a certain, like you said, a grittiness to it, a rawness. And there's, there's all this uh, certain type of subject matter, but, but then mixed with the cinematography and and the dialogue and you know kind of the interactions with all the friends and and definitely the interactions with the two different groups it really does bring it together in a big bad way and i think that there's so many elements to your movie to where i think it would be really missing something if you didn't have the musical elements in it i feel like it would be missing something if you didn't have those yeah, it has songs. All of that, the music, everything, it's the perfect shots, it's nice, dude. The it's nice. Yeah, portion, the flip of the wrist of it being, you know, the straight edgers that are killing people. And <laughs> like, I did not catch I mean, that, like, that arrow thing either. Like this was, and you made this film before Karen was popular. <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> he gets it. I get it. I kind of get it. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Uh, it's true. No, Jason, um, there's something that I actually wanted to ask you. Um, so this is how I would describe the film now. Uh, I feel like this is the little indie film that could. And you just got a really big break um, being released on Shutter. Oh, dude, that's huge. 
Yeah, I'm, we are so incredibly just proud of it. Like I, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's going to come with negatives too. There's going to be good and bad. We're going to be seen by a lot of people and a lot of people are going to judge it harshly. I'm sure. Well, they um, because they suck at life and are the of the world, Jason. Look, 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 look. I, I know what we made. I know, I see all the scenes, you know, like right. I know what, our, I know what the shortcomings are. I would be the first person to tell you it's not a perfect movie, but nobody can get me down about what we accomplished right now. Like, oh, yeah, brother. Like, oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's so, it's so cool. And it's so, um, it's Dude, motivating for sure. Like, yeah, it's like it's 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 motivating for me, but but honestly, more than that, I I'm having an easier time lately talking to my cast and crew and just like looking back with rose colored glasses, just being like, guys, look what we did. Like that's right. it's it's just so cool that we made it to there, you know? Yeah, dude. Honestly, some of the toughest times in my life, and I think you know, I, I I've been through personal hells, and I've literally you know, with time, look back at it. And, and I'm like, man, if that didn't happen, like, thank God that happened. And, you know, I, I can only imagine what it's like trying to make a film because you have something in mind going in and then it's time to, to, to hit the ground running, so to speak. And it's very run and gun. And, and, you know, it's, it's much, I'm sure harder than it seems. And you run into a lot of problems but uh, yeah, man, I got to give you credit. And I, I wish you knew me more, Jason, because if you knew how fucking cynical I am, <laughs> oh, he's then, then I think you'd appreciate it more. But no, man, I watched it and I was like, boom, I get oh, excited. Oh, no, he was in it. Like, you uh, know I, I get, get excited. A lot of that. I, and I'm not I, 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 get a, I get a lot of screeners, Dude, but, uh, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And this this wasn't a screener this was uh we met at a convention right yeah so but and I, it was yeah. like hey uh if you like it review it if not whatever yeah you know which perfect way yeah. to go about it in the first place anyways like you weren't like hey like if you don't like it whatever right you know like you were respectful about it I, and yeah. I, I turned it on and Dan was like, "I'm fucking it." <laughs> <laughs> no, and it it, does, it takes a lot. I don't know. No, and, it does. But, but but your film did not. That's the thing. Like, well, um, so yeah. I, I like I turn on a lot of these screeners, and I'm like, "Give it time, give it time." But like your opening and your mosh pit, like right. you sold him right well, the fuck away. Like he is your demographic. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. While I am too, I like to think that I have kind of somewhat my finger on the pulse of what's good and what's not. Well, there was a continuous take, I believe, in this film as well. Was there not, Jason? Oh yeah. Well, uh, uh, well I don't know. I don't know what you're referring to. Are you talking about when we were out in the backyard the, and the? Actually, I don't know what you're talking. I don't I know, know what you're talking about. There was a continuous tag to where, like, it didn't stop filming, and like, it went from one room to the next, and it just followed. Oh, her. oh, oh. Okay, okay. I think I know what you're talking about now. Where, um, where, uh, maybe and Brad 
are trying to hide and they go to the bedroom and then yes, somebody comes yes, in through the that's window. That's it. That's it. Right oh, okay. 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 Yeah. 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 Man, you're really testing my memory of the film. You can tell <laughs> I don't watch it. <laughs> hey, man, you can tell I don't around. watch it with crowds. <laughs> well, you're welcome. I mean, that's what you came on to talk about, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah for sure. Thank you. Since you brought up one takes, Lacey Lou, um, are you a fan of one takes, Jason? And uh, do you have any favorites that, that you'd like to drop here? Oh, yeah. I, I am a huge fan. Actually, one, yes. it's an odd choice probably, but I was really impressed by the one in, um, oh my gosh, what am I doing? The, the Netflix show, um, oh no, Dare why is this evading? Uh, Halloween. No, 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 it's. It's the horror one about the family um, in the oh, big mansion. Oh, oh. Uh, uh, God, Mike Flanagan. Not. It's Mike Flanagan, um, Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Is it Haunting? Oh, yes. my yes. God. The, 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 that episode. The funeral scene. The that whole fucking episode. Yes. Yes. That, that scene, that scene is the one that pops into my head just most recently where I just thought it was so impressive. But, but you know, I love everything from, like, you know, Gus Van Zant's elephant like all those long takes just meandering walking down the halls i uh one of my favorite short films is uh the it's kind of the original version oh no that that's a good one too that's pretty cool uh yeah that's uh ari aster right yes yes how crazy is that though oh yeah it's it's pretty insane it's pretty insane but yeah i i love long takes long story short i love long takes i wish i could do more I wish I could accomplish more of them, for sure. Uh, Well, I'm sure you will. My favorite is uh, Matthew McConaughey on meth trying to uh, get out of season one in True Detective. (laughs) That is the most insane one shot ever. (laughs) Season one of True Detective is incredible. Oh, dude, it's it's one of my favorite things. Oh, my man, favorite interview ever that I've ever done is Michael Rooker. What was? Oh, he's in. Oh, that's season awesome. three. Yeah, I didn't even know you did that. Yeah, he's yeah. in season three. Yeah, no, that show was was okay. It had a great cast or whatever, but nothing will ever even come close to that first season. That first season had a, a crazy vibe. You just like it because of Daddario's tits. Uh, yeah. No comment. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. Comment. Five out of five. Let's move on. Let's move on. Oh um, no, we even like uh we guest spotted on um a podcast and we had to cover uh her latest film. It was a horror film. What was it? What Good was thing they didn't cover. Oh. Yes. No, and I was like, I don't I don't remember, but our opening was oh was like, the uh the um yeah it's the that metal girl film last year where they they. I don't want to spoil it, but who was her father? It's, it's the father? Metal Girls, right? It was Johnny yes! Knoxville. Johnny yes. Knoxville was the dad in that film. <laughs> what was the movie? Really? Uh, I, I don't remember what it's called, but it's the it's the Metal like Girls, right? The yes, Devil yes, yes. Thing? 100%. Yes. And Johnny I can't Knoxville was the dad in that, and I was like, 
I don't remember the intro. That now, movie was so much I was fun. just like, Dan just wants to see Alexander Taro's tits. Uh, I mean, I'm a guy. Yeah, they're, they're amazing. But anyways. Um. Because I sh- she showed him in, apparently, season one of True Detective. Literally. Okay. Yeah. So so he's, I'm being serious. Sorry, we get off no, topic a lot. I'm being I serious when I say this, though. Literally, like, I, and I'm like, I know it sounds bad, but like, that was the greatest pair of tits that I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, this- I would uh we'll obviously take the back seat to yours. I'd hope so. <laughs> all right, all right. Do, do I need to do I need to leave you guys for a minute? Oh no, you're good. He's like, I'm so oh, no. I, I forget we're not no. on the chase, we're on skip to the loo. I forget that sometimes. Well, this is the first time he's joined me on skip to the loo. That's very true. Oh, okay, okay. So right. it, it's a weird, different dynamic. That just shows you that I had to get on this interview. I'm he like, really no did. Way. No, he was like, he loves metal. Yeah. Um, I love that movie. Like he had to talk to you, Jason. Honestly, so oh. <laughs> that's a testament to you. I appreciate it, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> See, he no, he would not let me do this interview when, without him. When, when this is all over, we're getting an apartment together. Yes, dude. <laughs> we, hey, we'll we'll make it a uh, three camera setup and we'll shoot a sitcom. Can we call it Jake? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Jake and the soaps. All right. All right. So, Jason, I have to ask you, um, what was it like learning uh, that your film was going to be streaming on Shutter? Yes, dude. You know what's funny? I I have it on film. Uh, it was so weird. <laughs> so my girl, my girlfriend and I, like I said, Shelby, she was also the producer on the film. Yeah. Dude, uh, I need to beat Shelby, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be you guys would hit it off, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> although she's a she's a cat person, not a dog person. Oh, um, that's what animal person? Well, she, is I, my to be thing. fair, to be fair, she loves them all. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we worked together for a couple of years in the same office job during the day, and uh, I got the message from our distributor, uh, Scream Team, releasing that that was that that deal he thought was going to go through so i ran outside and called him right away and she actually filmed the whole thing but oh, i i, but, I but love I, her already I've been, I've been hesitant to uh to post it anywhere because i just think i look like a hideous chud so I oh, it, dude. Dude, no you know what i just got but i probably should but i probably do it, man. Do no it. you have to like i absolutely love it <laughs> Like, it's a proud moment in your life. I was so happy to get press for, you know, getting the Fantasia thing. And I've only done yeah. so for two months. It's a big thing. Well, I, I also yeah. want to ask you too, man, um, where can people find those uh, behind the scenes videos on YouTube? Because those were great as well. I love stuff like that. Yeah, so like there's a kind of like warts and all uh, documentary on the Blu-ray and DVD if you want to watch that full length. But but what you're talking about is um, it's called In the Red, the making yes. of Straight Edge. Character. My my buddy Sam Brown made that, and he uh, his company is called Big Plan Pictures, and uh, he's releasing one episode every Tuesday hmm. uh, for I think six weeks. And it's so he did it as like a web series now. I should have said that first, but um, but it's a little bit more digestible. It's got new footage in it. It's got some new interviews. Like the very last episode that nobody's seen yet is actually like an epilogue. So it takes place um, like like a year later after the movie comes out and wow. we're um, do, doing a screening. So I, I think if people are, you know, especially if they're indies just starting out, then I think it's totally 
worth watching because you get to see us, you know, sweat it out and, and try to scrape something together as well as kind of like my opinions and my headspace as I go through the festival circuit and stuff. Well, yeah. I personally think Shreya Chager is worth watching anyways. <laughs> Thank yes. you. Thank Indeed. you. I, I will say, though, that that kind of stuff, you know, we talked about Clerks too. I've seen, like, that behind, you know, that that making of Clerks too. Oh, no, we bought... Okay, all right. So I got to tell you the story. Yeah, yeah go ahead. All right, so you're obviously a Kevin Smith fan. Um, uh, my first love of Kevin Smith was uh, Mallrats. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I bought the Criterion. Is that what it's called? Criterion? Yes. Collection? Yeah. Like, and so oh no yeah wait are I you have, going there yeah i'm going I he's have probably to. seen it he's seen it i have to okay like it's my favorite fucking kevin smith movie of all time but and we were going to do a live commentary on um the extra footage that they did right yeah so it was like a different cut of the movie and, oh my lord oh my god it's so different no it's bad man like, it was so bad but he have pe- you seen it jason well, because didn't they cut in, they cut in the, like, raw footage with the yeah. time code and stuff, right? Yeah. No, but did you yeah. see, like, what they were going to do? Like, it it, there was, like, a mayor's dinner or whatever. Oh, no, I don't, no, I don't think I Oh, my seen. God, just- never, ever watch it. It will change okay. your mind no. on this film. It, no, like, all right, so Kevin Smith comes on prior to, uh, you know, hitting play on it. That, this is the he, best part. He was like, he was like. This is going to ruin the film for you. <laughs> I, uh, he was That's like, awesome. We He's wanted- like, there's a reason we didn't shoot this, but like he, he says it. Yeah, I love he, it. He was like, um, if you watch <laughs> this, um, he was like, we wanted to give everybody extra content, but there really wasn't anything that was better than what we did. And, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but if you want to see it, I implore you not to watch this. But here you go. <laughs> and that's awesome. Yeah. And, oh Sounds like god. something Kevin would do. And oh my god, it's so bad, Jason. It was like Okay, I'm gonna have to watch it now. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. It's so so bad. Like it has nothing to do with like anything. Like it gives you a little bit of backstory of um you know uh brandy's dad a little bit okay but aside from that like i i would I, I am telling you do not watch this it, it provides like, context it, it, to it, like one joke that that oh okay that makes a little bit more sense but no, the and point- the chick that gave her 800 lap <laughs> in a row no. okay oh, like please I, I i i'm asking you do not watch it well like, no <laughs> just watch the regular uh theatrical cut because it's terrible the best part of that though is he's basically like saying like i'm 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 a filmmaker that you know me i'm kevin smith here's the version it's definitely subpar but at the same time like we're putting it out there and i and i just appreciate that he's putting it all on the table and literally saying this is not the version that you wanted but we're gonna give it to you anyways <laughs> i fucking love yeah. that so much yeah, I, I at a pretty young age, I watched uh, American Movie, the documentary about Mike Shank and Mark Borchard making yeah. films in Wisconsin. And uh, that mo- that movie is still one of my favorite films of all time. And uh, so when we went to make this movie, I just thought, I was like, you know what? Like, 
I feel like my last feature film, you know, it, it was a very small budget. We went with a really small distributor. Things didn't go very well on that project. And, and I thought if there was a documentary on the making of that film, it would probably be bigger than the movie. <laughs> so, right. so it was important to me when we made Straight Edge Kegger to get somebody on board to, yeah. to try to document as, as much as they could. Dude, I'm so glad you did because I love that stuff. And and I'm, like you said earlier, like I'm the target audience for that. I'm the target audience for that kind of stuff as well. Like I just eat it up, especially because I'm not a consumer of everything, you know? But if I do dial in on something I like, I'm just like, okay, let's dissect this particular, you know, whatever it is. And I just want mm -hmm. more of that, you know? Um, I wanted to ask yeah. you, man, as you know, we'll, we'll kind of wrap all this up, here, but um, you know, it's 2021. Um, are you looking forward to any new horror releases? Is there anything on your radar? I mean, um, besides like anything like 824, which everybody loves, but like, is there anything that, that, that you're really excited to see, whether it be indie, whether it be, you Mainstream. know, anything. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I already brought up Candyman. I'm pretty stoked on that. Um, and I, I have heard a lot about, I'm going to say it wrong, I'm sure, but, uh, Titan or Titan. I'm not sure what it's, uh, it's directed by the same director who did raw. Oh, um, okay. and, and it just won the palm door at can mm. and, but but from what I'm from what everybody's like saying about it, it's a straight up and down horror movie. Oh, wow. um, so so they're kind of saying like they think maybe because of that Palm Door, it can actually win the Oscars Ooh. for Best Picture. Um, yeah. And and that would that would just be such a triumph for the genre. So so yeah. I'm like really pumped on on that right now. Um, man, I'm trying I'm trying to think of what else we've seen trailers for lately that I'm. I mean, you know um, what I'm actually kind of excited for? I'm not the biggest Marvel guy, yeah. or like superhero movie guy, and I'm pretty yeah. excited to see Suicide Squad because I like James Gunn. Bro, so. Suicide Squad, first of all, James Gunn is the fucking man. Anytime that I talk to him on Facebook, he'll literally respond with like an actual response. Like James Gunn is the man. And That's I couldn't, and, they, and I honestly think that uh, for the first time, I think that that this movie is going to be the turning point for DC. I mean, they got the flash with Michael Keaton coming back. Come on. That's a slam. Yeah. So I yeah, think that this will sure. be the turning point and kind of set the precedent for the DC EU um, in the future. And I'm, dude, I'm excited for that as well. Are you excited for uh, the new Halloween? Uh, can I get your thoughts? Oh on yeah. That? Art? Yeah. Yes. No, that, tra that trailer looks so good. Uh, <laughs> I, yes. I, I am. I am a little worried that they revealed so many of the kills in that trailer that I'm going to see right. the movie and be like, all right, but I don't care. It just, it looks awesome. Yeah. Dude, you yeah. got to keep reminding me of what we, what we consume a lot of trailers and then I forget <laughs> about it the next day. My girlfriend kind of has to tap me on the head and remind me <laughs> of what we need to watch. Dude. It's funny, man. I used to do a uh, podcast. I used to live on Cape Cod and we had a reality show thing. It was called the real Cape and it never actually got picked up, but it was cool. They came down shot a pilot. Now, during all that, um, we interviewed Lenny Clark, uh, the, the famous Boston comedian. Um, if you know, if you've seen him, he's been like rescue me. Yeah. Yeah. Lenny Clark, he's a, he's a legend. Yeah. 
And I didn't realize it, but upon the recent viewing, uh, he's definitely in the trailer. <laughs> I don't want to say oh, too much really? more. Yeah, he's one of the That's dudes awesome. that, yeah, gets it for sure. But man, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm excited about those movies for one reason and one reason only. It's um, it's providing something fresh. I think personally to uh to the franchise, and, and it's still fun to see those movies that that keep going but at the same time it does kind of mirror the fact that um there is a huge void i think personally not i wouldn't maybe not go as far as to say huge but there is a void in terms of independent films so before we wrap it up here i did just want to thank you one last time for for doing what you do man for being who you are and kind of sticking to your guns in terms of like um, and this is my perception, but, you know, you have um, a lot of confidence as a person, I feel like, and, and that comes through in your filmmaking. And I think that more than anything, uh, that's, that's the most important thing because, man, I'll follow anything that you watch. Like, if I, if I hear you're making a movie, like, I am so down, dude, and I will promote that shit till the day I die. Like, what a great job you did, man. And yeah, it's, it's honestly like an honor because... If what? What did he say? He's you're like, my age. You're three years young. You're three years younger than me. Like hats off to you, man. Like I don't even know what to say anymore. Like you, you are the man, dude. And it's not an official Lacey Lou review or yes. interview until I ask you what is your favorite war movie or the scariest film of all time. Uh oh my gosh. Well, first off, Dan, thank you so much for all your kind words. You were. Far too kind. Uh, your check is in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Lacey, what was that? My my favorite horror film of all time. Is that what you said? Yeah. Uh, that or the scariest. Like, uh, oh, I, or the scariest. I, I usually say. ask, uh, what's your favorite horror film? But everybody says uh, The Exorcist. But I feel like this. Yeah, everybody does say The Exorcist. Like literally uh, everybody. Yeah. You it, know I. I always used to say, um, as a go-to, I always used to tell people it was Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Um, <laughs> I love that. I, and, love, I love it already. Yeah. So, so that's that's one. But like, if I really had to pick, like Desert Island, it's the movie that I would watch the most. Yeah. Um, then I think it's got to be Sleepaway Camp Two. Oh my God! You think that's yes. the scariest or your I'm favorite? No, 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 no. My favorite, not the scariest at all. <laughs> uh, Jason, if, if you love Sleepaway Camp, you need to check out the latest episode of the Summer Party Massacre. Oh, that is a good one. And okay. we debated all of the deaths of the entire franchise. I just talked to Tierson. Oh, that's he's that's the, awesome. Um, uh, no, no, but like, you know, the movies, it's it's hard to get me scared. That's for sure. So um, what's the scariest? The scariest for me, uh, this is hard. I'm like <laughs> looking around my room. I know, it's the hardest question movies, ever. And, and I'm like, what actually scares me? Um, is it the fan? Would it, help you, would it help you if I told you mine? Yes, please. Uh, the entity or the omen. Okay, those are uh, those are really. She's good like, ideas. it's all for you, Damien. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you. you know what? It might be. It might be. Uh, is this mostly from when I was a kid? But honestly, like something yeah. that always twisted my head was Pet Cemetery. Oh yes. Oh, which part though? Like, 
Oh, oh my god. Whisper. Yes. What of course that's the part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that's always stuff. Yeah, moments have stuck with me from films that creep me out, but the overall movie, it's it's hard for an entire movie to to get maybe The Exorcist. I mean, that movie definitely t- twisted me up when I was younger. Yeah. You know yeah. what? I think I'm going to do at the end of the year is the top 10 moments that my guests have said. <laughs> and then maybe okay. next year <laughs> they won't say the same things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure. My, that's the thing. Now that you said it, I'm going to get off this call and I'm going to be like, oh, I should have said this and this. <laughs> He's like, I forgot about Silver Bullet. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, do you know but... you want to know Dan Scary's moment? What? Or at least what he's yeah, for sure. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's in Scream Four. Oh, okay. No, well, that's like a moment. That's yeah. Cool. Well, no, that's what you tell me. Okay. Well, I, I, I you, tell him the moment. Are you familiar with the Scream franchise at all, Jason? Yeah, I have. I have actually. I have a Scream tattoo on my arm. Oh my so god, my man. Okay. My We're just my, my girl. My girlfriend and I both have matching uh, movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. More creative. Oh, my God. I love that. I have a ghost face tattoo on my foot. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, so nice. I'd like to uh, introduce Jason Zink as the newest member of Cut to the Chase. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I honestly think it's one of the creepiest moments in the whole franchise when, and it doesn't really make too much sense, oh, I guess. Oh, he's showing us. Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh my yes, I, no, okay. Dude. So I have posters three and four. Uh yes. I asked for Christmas for posters one and two. I love it. Oh my god, that's the voice changer. What? That is so dope. That is yeah. So I, I know that this isn't a visual medium. Like I'm showing <laughs> I'm I'm showing you stuff that people can't hear, but yeah, I'm I'm wow. we are big scream nerds for sure. Yes, dude. Uh, uh, we're actually going, uh, we have a pretty big planning for um, the 25th anniversary. Yeah. Which comes nice. here. Uh, and that, we'd love to have you a part of it. That'd be cool. Oh, that, that would be amazing. I would, I would drag my girlfriend to that because she loves Scream so much too. Oh, yeah, fuck on. yeah, man. Let's bring do it. On. Let's do it. We'll do a, uh, we'll do a couple's retreat. Now I got, uh, so yeah, the, the moment in that movie though, and it's completely underrated. And this is before the killer is actually revealed is when her and uh, Sydney and Jill are talking. Joe comes down, gets, I believe a Yoohoo and some string cheese. It's a Yoohoo? I think so. Why and, do you say string cheese? Uh, Cause that's what they said in the movie. Oh. Uh, not in the movie, but in the scenes. So anyways, um, they have a brief conversation and then Sid looks back and she can see a mirror and you can see the reflection of somebody's head and it slowly just dips out of the mirror. It's one of the creepiest moments ever, and it actually makes sense in terms of the context of the movie and obviously who the killer is. So it makes perfect sense that she's staring at her like a psycho. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 for it, sure. It's, yeah, such a brief, I, I, it's such a brief moment, but man, it's powerful for me. I'm like, holy fuck, that was freaky. Yeah, that, that's that's what's awesome, though, is like the little things that stick with, you know, each person are going to be totally different, you know? Yeah. I totally agree. So I had to add my moment in there because I was so excited to talk about it. <laughs> no, that's great. I love it. <laughs> well, Jason, I want to thank you so much for being a part of Skip to the Loot tonight. Yeah, dude. Thank, thank you guys so much. Seriously, this has been a lot of fun. 
Oh, Jules is sure, saying man. thank you too. Yes, Jules says <laughs> thank you. And uh, dude, open invitation to come back anytime you want. Um, nothing... Where can people follow you? Yeah, so I, I'm a pretty open book, so people can feel free to follow me at you know just Jason's Inc on Facebook. But we also have a Weird on Top Pictures Facebook page, a Straight Edge Kegger. Uh, Facebook page and then a weird on top pictures Instagram full disclosure I'm not the best about social media but I'm trying (laughs) (laughs) and is there anything else that uh, you're working on that you would like to promote you know I guess I haven't really talked about this publicly but we are now getting to a point on this short that I'm working on that it actually probably will be released in the next month or two here we go okay Uh, so so I'm working on a, a mockumentary about VHS horror collecting called Tapehead. Ooh, and wow. we're going we're, we're gonna to release that in the next month or two. We got some big news coming for that. Oh, no. I, can I just say for one second, um, you just did like a recent screening of Hackers on VHS. Did he really? Yeah. <gasps> like Hackers yeah, is I, one of my favorite movies of all time. He's like, not everything zero like i will quote that movie all day every day um it's uh, it's totally like i love that you did that i did i do a weekly screening at a local bar in lafayette called the spot tavern and uh this whole month we did this like kind of back to the 90s thing and every movie we played was on vhs so this past week was this past week was hackers the week before that was joe's apartment the week before Welcome that was Joe's apartment. Yeah. The week before that was Serial Mom. So yes. we we played some some good ones for sure. Damn. I want to hang out with you. I know, me too. <laughs> I, uh, and uh, honestly, uh, Indiana's only like, is it Indiana? Well, next time, if we see him again, the Days of the Dead, we're definitely. Jason, are you going to Chicago Days sure. of the Dead? I don't know. I, I'm going to the right, flashback. Just do it. Don't tell me. Yeah, you are now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it sounds like a plan. I, I really just go where the distributor tells me to go, but that right. totally sounds like a plan. Yes. Um, I, I want to thank you so much for uh, coming on and promoting the film and talking horror with us. We very much appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. It's been a lot of fun, really. I hope so. I, I, I want, I want to, no, it really has. I, I didn't expect it to be this deep a dive. And I, <laughs> I am, I had so much fun. I learned a lot about you guys. And now I want to go watch Scream 4 again. Yes, <laughs> yes, my man. So for everybody that's been listening, uh, you can check out Straight Edge Tiger on Shutter Now, which is amazing. Do it, go. Just go. No, the just fact go, that, dude. like, like I said, this is the little indie horror film that could, right. that just like scream, in my opinion. Like, it was a film that got released, and nobody watched it, and it's word of mouth. And mm-hmm. I feel like Straight Edge Kegger is the same. 100%. So, um, everybody, go thank check that out. And thank you, Jason, for joining us tonight. And uh, thank you, guys. Yes, sir. <laughs> For everyone that's been a part of Skip to Blue, we'll see you next time. Peace.